Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to Gamecock Central Radio. It's Emerson Phillips joined by Wes Mitchell. The Will Muschamp midweek press conference was held today. South Carolina coming off a loss to Texas A&M and getting ready to post the Georgia Bulldogs and what will be the second of this South Carolina five-game homestand here. Wes, you were at the press conference today. And news coming out today that uh, both Brian Edwards and Debo Samuel were back at practice today. So this is great news for Gamecock football. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they, they actually practiced on, uh, on Sunday as well and then were able to go it sounded uh, from the way Muschamp talked like they were, you know, full go today. I think with with Debo Samuel's especially, you sort of um, are always a little bit hesitant to say that he's definitely back just because we've seen that thing flare up on him time after time again. But certainly at this point early in the week, seems like those two guys are back. And, you know, Muschamp, uh, I believe the way Muschamp said it was, you know, we, we were better coaches today. Um <laughs> than they were without those two guys out there. So, you know, I, I think when you're talking about an offense that has been sorely lacking playmakers, uh, those those are two of your best playmakers. And uh, to have them back certainly gives South Carolina a uh, – South Carolina's offense a shot in the arm against Georgia. And, and they're going to need those guys out there, and they're going to need them to go make some plays for them. All right, Wes, weather could be a factor this weekend as well. We've got a hurricane that uh, the projected path of Hurricane Matthew is somewhere along the South Carolina coast, and it certainly is possible that we could get tropical storm 
conditions into the Midlands this weekend. So we'll talk more about that as we move on here. Wes, uh, Muschamp did not name a quarterback starter for the Georgia game this weekend. So it could be McIlwain. It could be Perry Orth. You know, Orth came in and gave the Gamecocks a lift in the fourth quarter of the A&M game this past weekend. So best guess right now, Wes, who do you think is going to start on Saturday? Yeah, well, you know, I think what we do know is that we'll see both. We're going to see both those guys. Um, you know, I uh, I don't feel as confidently – as I have the other times I've like predicted, you know, starters on, on the podcast. Um, you know, I think I've hit on those so far, knock on wood, but, um, I think it makes sense to go with Perry Orth. Um, so I would, I would lean towards that, you know, for our, for our Gamecock Central members. I, I hope as the week goes on, I'll be able to get, get word on, on who's been taking most snaps and, you know, sort of put, put that out there for them. But, um, you know, I, I think you look at the way Orth sort of and, – and they talked a little bit about how, the you know, Orth brought a little bit more of a downfield vertical passing game. Uh, now, now Muschamp did say, you know, uh, McIlwain was able to hit some of those balls uh, against ECU, didn't really hit any against Kentucky. So it's not that he can't physically make those throws. He's capable, but, but right now I, I think as far as just the, the comfort level doing that, obviously Orth brings something a little bit different to the passing game there. So, you know, I, I think you look at what South Carolina's going to have to do to win this game. Clearly they're going to need probably both of those guys, but I, I think right now you look at the way Orth ended the, the last game, you, you'd probably probably give him a shot to start. Although, you know, I, I think it's also worth noting, um, you know, I, I think it's a much different mindset as a quarterback coming into a game when you're down two scores um, versus starting a game. You know, Orth was kind of in that gunslingers, uh, take some chances, cause, you know, I, I know I've got to hit some balls down the field mindset. Um, he was trying to fit balls into, into windows that, you know, th- those aren't throws you're going to make first and 10 in the first quarter. So I, I think you have to put everything in, into, uh, perspective and not just take a couple drives and, and say, well, you know, clearly Orth's the guy, but, I think knowing everything we know right now, I think this is a winnable game for South Carolina, even though they're still, you know, over a touch, opened at over a touchdown underdogs. Um, it's a winnable game for South Carolina. I think they'll be in it. I think right now, Orth probably gives them the best chance at a W. All right, McIlwain threw for 34 yards through three quarters on Saturday, and then Orth came in and threw for more than that on the first drive that he came in. Actually gave the Gamecocks you know, some hope late in that A&M game. 24-13 A&M over South Carolina this past Saturday, so we're turning our attention now to South Carolina and Georgia. 7.30 kickoff Saturday night at Williams-Rice. It'll be on the SEC Network. Gamecock Central Radio here, Emerson Phillips with Wes Mitchell. You can download the Gamecock Central Radio app on the App Store and on Google Play. It's a free phone app that allows you to listen to GCR podcasts on your cell phone, anywhere you receive cell phone service. To subscribe to the podcast, search for Gamecock Central Radio. We're on iTunes, SoundCloud, and other popular services, or visit radio.gamecockcentral.com. Wes Muschamp was asked in the press conference today, who's been the most consistent offensive lineman? Who do he say? Yeah, he, he said Zach Bailey, and I think if you – you know, pay close attention to the offensive line. I think that was kind of the expected answer. You know, Bailey is a kid that the staff was very high on coming into the season. Um, he's obviously uh, just looks outstanding physically, and he's been able to back that up with the strong play. So now they uh, they just need the other guys to sort of uh, get some consistency around him. I, I thought there were some 
maybe flashes of uh, of you know things coming together on the offensive line this past week. You consider you know A and M's easily the best front seven South Carolina's played so far. So if you consider that matchup, then you know I think there were some positive things from the offensive line. I, I thought Malik Young did some good things. You know, to, for, for a guy to make his first career start against Texas A and M, number nine team in the country, uh, you know, big SEC game. You know, he held his own. He he was not out of place out there. So he, uh, you know, he was in there. He did well. I uh, I still think potentially you you at some point want to maybe look at DJ Park um, inside at at a, at a guard spot potentially and give him a shot there if Malik Young's going to be your right tackle. Obviously, you know they're happy that they've got Blake Camper back in the mix as well. He can he can get in there at a, at right tackle too potentially. And then I, I think they they love to have Donnell Stanley. Uh, back after the break I think they really do miss him so I, I do think there's at least some signs of uh you know signs of life for the offensive line this past week Wes one player that you've been touting really all summer and throughout the start of the season here is uh, Rico Dowdle the running back who made his debut on Saturday and I, I thought he brought some ability to the position West that you know maybe some of the other running backs don't have and that's not a knock on AJ Turner or David Williams but I really like what Rico Dowdle brought to the table in terms of you know being a physical runner and his ability to gain yards between the tackles he looked good and the Gamecocks look pretty good at running back right now with Williams Turner and Rico Dowdle yeah you know I think first of all I, I give um, you know Bobby Bentley the running backs coach a lot of credit for his management of that position you know they've uh, They've had to push some buttons along the way. Um, you know, A.J. Turner, obviously a, a hardworking kid who just busts his tail in every practice. It seems like they've got David Williams, you know, sort of finally at that point they want him to be at. And then uh, Rico Dowdle, you know, I, I was uh, I, I was happy to see him finally get his chance. I was happy that to see that he looked um, about like what I expected him to because I, I just I've, I've had a good feeling about this kid for a long time. And I, I, I tell you what uh, – you have to also consider he was able to do that against a top SEC defense with an offensive line that has struggled. Um, you know, they're number nine in the country. And consider this. I mean, that, that'll – he he got injured originally working out back at home before he even got it to South Carolina. So he he had surgery. He, he was basically he, – he was limited – for just about the entire summer, and he's missed, you know, almost all of preseason camp. He didn't start practicing, not full go, you know, until last week. Um, so he, he kind of basically got a, a full week's worth of practice, um, you know, maybe a week and a half if you count some of the some of the non-full go stuff he was able to do prior. But point is, this is a true freshman who didn't even get to, like, go through a preseason camp like most, most of your true freshmen do. So for him to go out there and do what he did, um, I, I think it's just absolutely impressive. I mean, it, it makes you wonder just how good this kid can can be, um, you know, with, with a little more time in the system. And I, I thought, you know what, Emerson, I, I thought they sort of managed him a little bit. I, I, I felt like they were putting him out there um, in spurts to, maybe, you know, maybe you get him out there then you bring him back and you coach him up a little bit and you, you make sure he knows where he's supposed to be on any given play. You know, I think he was probably out of the game late in the fourth quarter because you know you're going to be throwing the ball. You don't want to put a guy like that in pass protection. Um, 
you know, when, when he's not used to doing much of that. So they'll have to manage his snaps, I think. But he's also a guy. Did you notice how violent he seemed to run? Yeah. You know, he like like he he was going in like a man on a mission. I'm curious to see what a guy like Rico Daddle could do with 10, 15, 18 carries. That's not really been South Carolina's M.O. offensively to get one back that many carries. But ultimately, Daddle just strikes me as possibly being one of those kids that could get better as a game goes on. We haven't we haven't got to see that yet, but I just I get that gut feeling. This could be one of those one of those backs that can just wear a, a defense down. Yeah, and you got to like the youth at the position with AJ Turner, redshirt freshman, and now Rico Dowdle emerging, a true freshman from Asheville, North Carolina. We're going to see a lot more of these two. They've got a lot of college football in front of them. The Gamecocks look very solid at the running back spot. Yeah, and Tyson Williams, you know, continue as a transfer, continue to hear just outstanding things about what he's able to do. Um, you know, behind the scenes at practice. So, you know, that's another kid. I, I think that I think that position, we probably talked about that position, um, what, five weeks ago and said, man, running back position is a, uh, is a huge question mark right now. I, I think, uh, in the next year or so, though, that, that, it very quickly becomes a strength. Yeah, no question. Tyson Williams, a product of Crestwood High School in Sumter County, started his college career at the University of North Carolina and transferred to South Carolina. He's had to sit out this year, but he'll be in the mix at running back next year as well. So the Gamecocks looking real good at running back for the foreseeable future. Wes, Muschamp gave some interesting insight into the Lorenzo Nunez situation today. Nunez has not played this year, and we had heard talk a week or two ago that he would likely redshirt, and Muschamp cleared the air on Nunez today, and I thought it was encouraging. You know, anytime you hear about a, a kid that has played and then, you know, he's healthy, but he might redshirt, you always wonder if there's a possibility that that player might transfer. But Nunez, it sounds like, is comfortable with a red shirt. He wants to red shirt, according to Muschamp, and that's what the coaching staff wants as well. So it looks like a red shirt for Lorenzo Nunez. Yeah, it, it does. I think, you know, if he, if he didn't play last week um, – and if he wasn't going to play this week, because I, I thought there was a chance with the struggles at quarterback, maybe you, you reverse and, and sort of look at a possible wildcat situation with him just to get another playmaker on the field. Um, because McElwain, you know, has, has struggled. I mean, frankly, he struggled a little bit with the running game portion of uh, the offense as well, too. So I, I thought there might be a chance you get a look at it at Nunez but but yeah it, it seems like both he and the staff are, are set on him redshirting then he'll of course go from there I, I think any anytime you're talking about a quarterback you know redshirting um when it's not his first year in the program or changing positions you certainly always know that there's a, still a chance of someone transferring just uh, just in general because it, it happens so often but, but yeah Muschamp uh obviously said that that uh, Lorenzo and he are, are sort of on the same page there, so so we'll see we'll see where that goes and if the if the guy can make that smooth transition to receiver because I, I do think that you know it's one of those things where it's very easy to get caught up in Nunez's athleticism and say it should be an easy transition, but there's so much more that goes into playing that position than just you know getting out there and, and running a couple of routes. A couple of other items before we wrap it up today, Wes. 
weather could be a factor Saturday with Hurricane Matthew bearing down on us. Put your meteorologist hat on and give us an idea, you know, what things may look like this weekend. No indication yet that this game will be moved or rescheduled. So it looks like we're on for a 7.30 kick Saturday night, but Hurricane Matthew could bring wind and rain. Yeah, we're still on right now. Uh, you know, it's uh, I've noticed these high school games are starting to go ahead and do their thing, which is to move move games to Thursday. Uh, but, but yeah, so far everything's on. Um, you know, I, I know they have all these different, um, what would you say, extrapolations, I guess, of, of where the, of where the, the path could take the, this storm. Um, and, and some, some of them, uh, some of them look okay for, uh, for our great state and some of them don't look very good at all. So, you know, I, I, I think that's something that's still very much going to be a factor. And it, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of, I mean, it's just sort of strange to me that, uh, you know, we're, we're actually exactly a year um, from the uh, from the flood last year, and and you know what? I actually remember two years ago when uh, South Carolina and Georgia played in Columbia. It was a it was sort of a later in the season game for the two teams, and um, or not not as late as this year, but sort of it was it wasn't week two, and like it normally is, and there was a, a huge storm on game day that day as well. Obviously not the size of this Hurricane Matthew, but because uh, that game got delayed by by storms, so uh, you know, just kind of kind of strange that this is coming at this particular timing. Yeah, it is. So we'll continue to watch the weather as we move through the week here on Gamecock Central. Wes, looks like George is getting Nick Chubb back. He only played one snap in their loss to Tennessee. And uh, what do you make of this Georgia team right now, Wes? They've got to be reeling. They got blown out two weeks ago against Ole Miss. And it looked like, you know, they had won the Tennessee game and then Tennessee beat them with a Hail Mary on the last play after Georgia had been flagged for excessive celebration when they took the lead on a touchdown with about 11 seconds left in the ball game. So, Wes, is this an angry, pissed-off Georgia team that comes in or is this a team that's still licking its wounds? Yeah, you know, that's the million-dollar question. I, uh, hmm. You know, I expect Georgia to come in ready to play at the same time. This, uh, you know, this Georgia team really has not played uh, particularly well all year long, uh, so you know I'm I'm curious to see see how they match up with South Carolina. I'm a little bit surprised that that line is what it is, but um, you know with it being at home, South Carolina. This, this to me, um, for the fan base, I feel like, and for for myself and the media, uh, I mean I I get as excited about the Georgia game every year as probably any other game on the schedule because there's just something there's something a little bit extra when this game happens. I you know, I try to get a good pulse of the fan base, and I didn't feel like the, the fan base was partic- particularly excited last week for this Texas A&M game. Um, but there are people already talking about the Georgia game, so I, you know, I think the fan base will be excited. I think uh, they're going to have to be. They're going to have to create a home field advantage, and, and, and it's a night game. You know, that's something that South Carolina fans got accustomed to for a few years there, where, where everything was going well, and then we we've not got to experience too many of these so I, I got the impression the fan base is going to be excited it'll be a true home field advantage for South Carolina and you know they've got a freshman quarterback on the other side that they're going to have to to rattle and I, I think again it goes back to something we've said for all these games South Carolina needs something good to happen early on they need to get off to a good start and uh put put Georgia in a situation where they maybe have to get away from their game plan a little bit so um I'm, I'm excited for the game I think it's going to be a good one and 
we'll see if South Carolina can continue to make progress. Yeah, Carolina, Georgia is always fun. Wes, I hope we get some weather. You know, I like weather games. Football is the only sport that's played in the weather anymore. And, you know, the high schools, you mentioned a lot of high school games being rescheduled Friday. And obviously, if we're going to have hurricane type conditions or tropical storm conditions, can't play football in that. But the high schools have gotten to the point where they don't even play in the rain anymore. So I'm looking for a good weather game on Saturday for South Carolina, Georgia. That'll make it even more fun. As long as, long as it's just a little, a little rain, I'm, <laughs> I'm good with that. I'm, I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to have that hurricane smack us. But, uh, you know, a little rain, uh, especially, hey, Georgia, the I-formation uh, football team, still, you don't, you don't see too many of those sticking around anymore either. That's so, true. You know, I know, that, I know they go into the spread, but. That uh, that would be pretty old school to see, uh, you know, it's kind of a uh, an in the phone booth type game where it's man on man and uh, see what happens. All right, Wes, we covered a lot of ground today. Appreciate you. All right, man, I'll talk to you soon. All right, he's Wes Mitchell. I'm Emerson Phillips, and this is Gamecock Central Radio. We got plenty more coming up for you here on Gamecock Central on the South Carolina Georgia game, seven thirty kickoff Saturday night at Williams Bryce. We'll continue to keep an eye on Hurricane Matthew, and we'll let you know more on this ball game as we move through the week. Thanks for being with us. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads Money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York.